Kenny Pickett gets a cool award from the Steelers acknowledging his strong rookie season, but has he done enough this rookie season to justify being the guy long-term? You'd think the answer would be yes, but there's some people out there that think the other way. We'll talk about that discussion and more insight into the DeMar Hamlin situation as a son of the, son of the Pittsburgh area and a Pitt grad. We want to talk more about what Noah Hiles and I have been putting together, and we'll be talking about Pitt basketball and the things that we've seen that may be saying, hey, maybe Pitt will be going dancing come March. It's Chris Carter and Noah Hiles here for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette on the North Shore Drive podcast. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive Podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. And welcome to the North Shore Drive Podcast here from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Your podcast that goes Monday, Wednesday, Friday here on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are hosted. I'm Chris Carter. He's No House. We're again at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette breaking things down for you. Thanks for checking out today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by the Acrisure Fan Advantage. It's the only place that you can go to, to project one of our Post-Gazette Steelers beat writers into your home or office, office. By using augmented reality, you can get an exclusive pregame breakdown from a Steelers expert standing right in your living room. Get the latest insights on starting lineups, key matchups, and critical stats at post-gazette.com slash Acrisure Fan Advantage. No apps or downloads, just insider access to Steelers updates at post-gazette.com slash Acrisure Fan Advantage and get a real edge on this week's action. This week's is me, buddy, so you get to see my breakdown of Steelers-Browns. Noah, how you doing? I feel like my lungs are better than yours. Do you need your inhaler after that? I mean, you read that so quick. We can go all day. Like we got the we got the pipes. Uh, but that was no, impressive. It's it's great to be here talking with you. And you and I do our pit mailbag every week. But it's also nice to hear you talk some Steelers talk. I want to talk to you about a former Pit Panther who just got the Joe Green Award um, from the Pittsburgh Steelers, or specifically the Joe Green Great Performance Award, that is awarded to the Steelers' top rookie. And let's be real, it had to be him. He, you know, he's been he's been the starting quarterback. But there's some people out there that think that maybe he's not doing enough this year to show that he should be the Steelers' quarterback of the future. Some people don't like the fact that he hasn't thrown for like 400 yards in a game, and he hasn't had a, a complete game where you could say he put up all the numbers that you want. But I think. And my, my theory is the Steelers are very happy with where he is because he's coming up clutching games. He's sticking to it. He's sticking to the plan, not turning the ball over a whole bunch and doing what's needed to be done to get them back to an, a 500 record and a chance at the playoffs here in the final week. How have you looked at Kenny Pickett this year? I mean, I think he's been fine. I, I think when, it, when, when you're trying to find the guy at quarterback, right, you're never going to find him in year one. If, if you should never evaluate a rookie performance as someone to, to bank your franchise on. And I get when, when you draft a quarterback in the first round, you're hoping that that's your franchise quarterback and that's your investment. But you, you can't judge a player's career after their first season in the National Football League. And, you know, there, there are plenty of examples of, of NFL quarterbacks who stunk their rookie season and went on to have a Hall of Fame career. There are also plenty of examples of quarterbacks who looked really good their rookie season and for one reason or another couldn't figure it out long term. And it could be injury related. It could be the game figured them out and they never learned how to adjust. And the book is still in its infancy on Kenny Pickett right now. We're, we're still figuring things out. And, and, and I think his clock is a little uh, less than others just because of his age. He's expected to figure things out a little faster maybe. But year two is the teller for any rookie, for any 
quarterback that you draft, year one, you look for the positive signs. And they've been there. He's developed. He's shown progress. And the stat sheet doesn't show it yet, but the things you just see watching him, the poise, the composure, the maturity, the decision-making, the ability to read a defense and, and, and not be over-aggressive and try to do too much, those are things that he's gotten better at this year. However, year two is what matters. When, when he has a year in the league with film on him for everyone to study, and when he has a year in the league to really say, okay, I'm the guy now. I had a whole offseason to prepare with the offense. What can I do? Next year is when we'll really find out. I'm encouraged with what I've seen. I'm not completely sold, and no one should be sold unless you're Andrew Philippone. But, I mean, aside from that, and that's not a diss at Andrew. I mean, that's just his guy. He'll 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 fully admit that. I like Andrew. But I mean, Andrew Andrew's all in on uh, on Kenny, and I'm fine with that. But unless if you're someone like him, who's who's you know all in on Pickett from the start, if you're just waiting to see something, there's nothing he can do this year aside from winning a Super Bowl that should convince you that this is the guy moving forward. You can be encouraged, but you need to let things play out over time. Absolutely. I, I, I'm right with you here because I'm also a person. I think Kenny Pickett will be the guy. I, think I do, he, too. I mean, I mean, we, we saw we saw him at Pitt. You know, there was the you know, we're both Pittsburgh guys. We saw the, all that happening and, and we saw like the, the, the development there. And I think that hit, the things that he developed in college can be developed in the NFL. And we've started to see it the way he processes the field, the way he sees the way he sees things, the way he's developing chemistry with his teammates. Some of the throws that he made, even the ones that didn't get caught against the Ravens. I mean, there were there's some lasers he's throwing into tight passing windows. And as he gets more experience, he's going to know how to do that more regularly and read different coverages and understand how defenses are trying to attack him. Joe Burrow wasn't elite in his first year. Patrick Mahomes didn't play in his first year. Josh Allen definitely wasn't elite in his first two years. This guys take time to develop, and I think that he's right on a happy pace for the Steelers that they, that they are appreciating. And again, to, to, to me, the thing was this year, could he not lose them games? And then in times of, of need, could he win them games? And in the last two games, they needed him to come through in the final minutes, and he's done it twice, scoring touchdowns in the last minute. A lot like how Ben Roethlisberger used to do it a lot of times where he wouldn't have great numbers, but because he was Big Ben, he'd, he'd put up his big, pull up his pen, be like, let's do this, and he'd lead a great touchdown drive, and then everyone was like, that's Big Ben, he's going to the Hall of Fame. That's the thing. The thing about, I think, the ultimate difference maker between a good and a great quarterback is figuring out a way to win a football game. When it, when things aren't going for you, if it's, you know, the defense has had a great game plan and it took you three quarters to figure it out, or maybe it's the weather, the elements, whatever it is, maybe you're injured. The great ones figure it out in the fourth quarter. And, and Kenny has done that in the last two games. That's, that's something to be commended for. The stats need to start showing up. I think that's what you look for next year. If, if these are the same numbers, if this is the same type of game, because it's, it's not fair to ask a franchise throughout an entire quarterback's tenure to win games 16 to 13 or things like that. But if, if the numbers start to improve, then you really have something with Pickett here. But if, if, if at next year at this time, if he's still struggling to throw for over 200 yards a game, if he's still not throwing consistent two-touchdown games – then we have a conversation about possibly maybe he isn't the guy. But as of right now, this is exactly, I think, where you could have hoped for Kenny Pickett to be. Anything higher than this would have been, you know, a, a, a yeah, gravy, house money, whatever you want to call it. But this, right now, it's looking like the Steelers got it right in the first round.
Uh, it certainly looks that way to me. We'll be keeping up to date. We got we got more to talk about as the week rolls on as they get ready to play the Cleveland Browns, a team that beat them back back earlier in the season. Kenny Pickett didn't play that game. We'll we'll talk more about that with Brian Backo. But we got to switch topics here. We do have to talk about Demar Hamlin. Guys from Pittsburgh played for Pitt, a super athlete, a super person. Noah and I have been talking to people all week long about who Demar Hamlin is since his since the scary moment on Monday Night Football. We're going to talk to you more about that, update you on the situation that we know of, and just give you insight on the things and all the stories we've collected about Demar Hamlin. We'll do that in just a minute here, but first we got to talk to you guys about Valley Pool and Spa. Wouldn't it be nice if the holidays were stress free? Well, not the holidays are over. It's still cold out there. Well, it's actually kind of nice right now, but you know it's getting cold again. The best way to be prepared is get you. A valley so valley gets you a sauna, a spa, uh, um, or, or a hot pool or hot tub from Valley Pool and Spa. You can relax and soak in a hot tub from Valley Pool and Spa, but or you can go get one of their Finlayo saunas that are sure to melt your stress away faster than the frosty in Aruba. You can save now on all in stock hot tubs, swim spas, and saunas by visiting valleypoolspa.com. That's valleypoolspa.com. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, it's Chris Carter and Noah Hiles, your pit beat writers, uh, basically breaking it down for you here on a Wednesday episode. Now, um, Noah, something that, you know, wasn't so much fun was, you know, having to, you know, having, having to cover a sad situation and a terrifying situation of DeMar Hamlin. Everyone who knows sports knows what's going on there right now. The good news is that it does appear, according to the latest reports, he's still in critical condition, but he's not... His, his body isn't completely relying 100% on breathing tubes, and the doctors are saying that they're making progress. That's from the ESPN, that's from the Bills, that's from his own camp. So that's encouraging signs. But we're not going to get into any medical stuff and wondering how it happened and all that other stuff. You and I, we're not those people. We are the people, though, that talk to the people that know Damar Hamlin. And you wrote a really great piece talking to former coaches, players, people that he just knew. And it's just clear that anybody that came across his path and got to work with this guy who's just 24 years old knew how amazing he was. Yeah, I, I think the best way to summarize who DeMar Hamlin is, he's a Pittsburgh kid. And, you know, he, there, there are a lot of people uh, who come out of Pittsburgh and go on to become something, you know, relevant, be it a, a, an entertainer, an athlete, a politician, whatever. Um, and so, some people remember where they come, come from. And some people, you know, they just, they just move on. And I don't have a problem with either one of them. You, you live your life however you want, but it, it has to be mentioned when you're talking about DeMar Hamlin, how much love and pride he has, not just for the city of Pittsburgh, but his hometown of McKees rocks. That, that is who he identifies as uh, Brian Batko. And I did a show uh, yesterday and uh, strictly on DeMar Hamlin. And he said, you know, even when he was in high school at Pittsburgh Central Catholic, uh, a, a program that brings in kids, you know, from all over the Whippeal. When he was there, he made it clear, no, I'm not a Pittsburgh guy. I'm a McKees Rocks guy. And, and you see that just with how so many people in that community rally around him. The, the quotes that Jason Mackey got for his story, he did after driving around in McKees Rocks all day, uh, Tuesday, just, they said he is the, he is the, he is the role model. He is the, the perfect example of what, kids in this area can strive to be, and that's not just being an NFL player, but just someone who wants to help out the next generation beneath him and, and be there to give advice, be there to give support in any way possible. And he was doing that before he had money to donate. He was just doing that with his time and his effort. And, and 
On top of all of that, he is an impressive football player. He's a guy that made the most of his opportunities at Pittsburgh Central Catholic, headlined one of the greatest defenses in Whitfield history that had nine Division I players on it. Six of them at one point or another in their collegiate career played at a Power 5 program. And he went on to Pitt, started four years there, two-time All-ACC guy, captain, a leader, and, you know, sixth-round pick, made one tackle in his rookie season, made 90 in his second season after working his way into the starting lineup there. Just a really incredible story prior to all of this. And, and, and we hope that the story continues to be incredible, that he can recover from this. And who knows, you know, what will happen with him. And we hope that he does recover. And if he does, who knows what his future will be, will look like, but he will continue to inspire others regardless of how things play out. And I think that's the thing that I personally discovered while talking to people who covered DeMar Hamlin, who played with DeMar Hamlin, who coached DeMar Hamlin, and who simply knew him. Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. Absolutely. And one thing I think that happens, and, and I'm not saying that they, I'm not pointing fingers at anyone specifically with this, but this just happens a lot when I think there's national grieving for a situation uh, when someone's feeling something. And eventually there's the cynicism that comes that, all right, we're are we doing too much here? Was he really that nice a person? And I, I think people need to know Damar Hamlin is you know there's no grandstanding here from a lot of people like for example mike tomlin talked about how he knew demar hamlin since he was 12 and people might be like well why didn't you talk about him more but here's the thing mike tomlin's been talking about demar hamlin he yeah. does it in his own ways between the lines but like when he was talking about kenny pickett and why they selected him and his leadership skills he talked about how kenny pickett brought together the locker rooms united pitts offensive defense with who Damar Hamlin, and he specifically brought him up by name. And Mike Tomlin's not a guy to put all of his information out there. He puts very little out there. He's that's one part of his shtick. But it's things like that that if you talk to anyone, you know, in, in the story, Brandon Hill, uh, you know, a, a safety right now is getting ready for the NFL draft and has been kind of you know one of the aces of Pitt's defense. He talked about how the footprint of Damar Hamlin is still in the DB room till till this day. And he said even when he was a freshman, 2020, uh, you know, Pitt was getting ready to play Florida State. They had lost a bunch of games in a row. They were trying to turn their season around and save, say, and maybe get a winning record. And Paris Ford had just uh, just opted out and said, "I'm done for the season." So it was Brandon Hill's time to step up. He said every night that week, Damar Hamlin drove to his freshman dorm sat down with him, broke down film, taught him how to watch film, taught him what to look for, and that led to Brandon Hill, his debut start, leading Pitt with seven tackles and getting an interception that he returned 50 yards for a touchdown. And after that, he became the starter that we knew throughout the 2021 ACC championship run and the 2022 season that got them to the Sun Bowl. I, and, and Brandon Hill credits DeMar Hamlin for helping him with that growth. And even after DeMar Hamlin left, he went to the NFL, became a starter for the Bills in just his second year. Um, he said, you know, when, as soon as he declared for the NFL draft, DeMar Hamlin, he said, DeMar called him. And he said, hey, like, congratulations. You know, let me know if there's anything I can do to help you with the process. DeMar is connected with so many people, even people that he didn't play with or be coached right. by. And I think that's. That's the that's a real thing and why there's so many people in Pittsburgh that are just like, oh, man, 
not DeMar. And I think it's been very encouraging, even outside of Pittsburgh. I think the number hit uh, on Wednesday, Noah, six over $6 million raised for the toy drive that he initially just set a goal up for $2,500. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, it's just it's just crazy to see, like you said, his footprint and where it where it's at and how many different places he's yep. made an impact. I mean, as someone who covered high school football last year in this area, you, you see the top Whippeal prospects, you know, kids who went, who didn't go to central Catholic from all over the, the Western Pennsylvania area, posting pictures with them. And that's because he made an effort to go to these camps, work out, you know, connect with these young athletes saying, Hey, I was once in your shoes. I once was a four star in the Whippeal looking to get my team to at that time, Heinz field and, and trying to, you know, continue greatness at my program and everything like that. And he, he just relates to really everyone. And, and, you know, it, it's a sad story to see him have to go through this and uh, it, it's incredibly scary, but the silver lining is, I mean, it, it really introduced the entire country, if not world to a very, very special human being. And, and hopefully they get to, meet him personally here soon hopefully and I, i'm hoping that the, the the good news that we've heard that he's making progress in the icu continues to be more good news and you know i, I just i hope we get to see him you know i think about you know ryan shazier when we saw him go down and this isn't the same you know they he didn't need cpr on the field but still there was the the, the the scary thought that he might never walk again and then to see him walk out on the night of the nfl draft and to see him dance at his wedding those are the things that I hope that DeMar Hamlin gets to do. He gets to have a full life, you know, and do and do the things with his family and still be a community leader. I, I just I, I really hope that for him, you know, I, you know, getting the chance to cover him uh, in, 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 in it for a year at Pitt. Just in that short amount of time, I was like, wow, that guy, that guy's special. You know, and there's and that's not to say that there's not a lot of people. I mean, Trey Tipton, special guy, um, you know, who, who didn't make it to the NFL, but, you know, is one of is part of that crew. And Trey Tipton was one of the people saying out there like, you know, we all feel for DeMar. And I want to let people know that I'm here for you. I think that's part of that culture that has come from Pitt and DeMar Hamlin, I think, was a huge part in setting up the culture that we talk about today that Pat Narduzzi, uh, you know, is able to use to create a good environment. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. We're going to switch topics, though. We're going to talk about some Pitt hoops because no one I were there for Tuesday night. And my goodness, what a win it was and what a run it's been for Pitt basketball. Are they for real, though? We'll talk about that in a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast. But first, got to talk to you guys about Yinzers in the Berg. Yinzers, listen up. The Steelers are trying to make the playoffs. And if you want to get some gear to root them on on Sunday, as well as the other teams they need to win to get into the playoffs, your chance to get do that goes, is, goes through Yinzers in the Berg, the number one place for all Pittsburgh sports apparel, accessories, and much, much more. They have two, count them, two stores in the Strip District that you can go to throughout the week. But you can also, if you're not from the Pittsburgh, if you're not in the Pittsburgh area, you can go to yinzerspgh.com where you can buy all their merchandise and there's new stuff they're putting out every week and it's not just the Steelers they have Penguins they have Pirates they have Pitt they have anything Pittsburgh they've got it there go to Yinzers in the Berg right now or yinzerspgh.com to get all your Pittsburgh sports apparel Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter, Noah Hiles. Let's keep talking here. Let's switch tunes to a current Pitt team. Uh, it's been kind of wild watching Pitt basketball grow this year because I thought Pitt basketball would be better than it had been, Noah. And, you know, and I said before the break, 
you know, before the Christmas break that I thought like they could go dance with the way that they were doing. I thought that they could take UNC on a good day if they shot the ball well. They didn't shoot the ball well, and they still beat UNC. I didn't have them beating Virginia. I thought Virginia's defense was going to stymie them. They weren't going to know how to deal with it. That's just Tony Bennett. Pitt had never beaten Tony Bennett in Virginia since, I think, in regulation since the since the Jamie Dixon days. Um, you know, and, and that's that's just how great that program has been. And, you know, both coaches were talking about how, how much they admire each other. But that was such a huge win. And, again, Pitt basketball still didn't shoot the lights out. Like, uh, you know, you know Greg, Greg Elliott was one of seven on, th- on three-pointers. Blake Hinson, I think, was three of seven. The best shooter, I think, from deep was Nike Sabandi with three of, three of four, something like that. But the thing that I thought they needed to get past a good team, a, a very good team like UVA, they didn't even use – what does that say for this Pitt team and where they might be able to go in the ACC this year? It says a lot. I mean, if you look at their four ACC victories this year, Chris, I mean, they're, they're, over, they're over completely different teams who all play dif- a different style of basketball. And Pitt found a way to beat every single one of them. Their first one was against NC State, a team that loves to shoot, a team that's headlined by its backcourt. And Pitt went into that building in early December and really – from probably like the five-minute remaining mark in the first half through the very end, controlled the basketball game. And there there was never really a doubt that they they were going to hold on to win. They, it got close a couple times, so I think a, a two-score possession. Um, but once it got close, Pitt regained control and, and, and escaped with a victory in convincing fashion. Their second win comes over Syracuse, a team that everyone knows how Syracuse is going to play. They're going to play that 2-3 two, two, zone. They're going to try to out-rebound you. They're going to try to force turnovers. That's how they win. And Pitt came in and, and shot the lights out in the first half, and they were able to, to hang on despite a second-half charge from, from the Orange. But they played, they played the game that they needed to play to beat Syracuse. On the 30th, they played a team in North Carolina that loves isolation. They have tons of talent. Five starters who would be – each one of them would be the best player on Pitt's roster. And Pitt said, go ahead. You can play your ISO ball. We'll play it right back at you with Jamarius Burton. And they won the game that way. And then they play a UVA team Tuesday night, a team that's built on efficiency, a team that makes you take one trip down the court, and you have to be perfect because if you're not, they're going to rebound the basketball, and they're going to milk that shot clock on the other end, and they're going to score because they they don't turn the ball over. They're so concise and well-coached. And it looked in that first half that UVA was executing its game plan to perfection. They limited Pitt to just 23 points in the first 20 minutes of the game. Pitt scored 45 second half points against them. And it was just a total turnaround. They, they threw Virginia out of its rhythm. That's the worst the Cavaliers have looked all year. Their other two losses are to Illinois, I believe, or no, are to Miami, who is a top 15 team in yeah. Houston, who for my money is the best team in the country. They're not ranked number one right now, but I think Houston, if mm-hmm. I were to make a bracket right now, I'd put the Cougars as my champion, which would probably mean they'd lose in the Sweet 16, but that's another thing. Nonetheless, that's the worst Virginia's looked all year, despite it being a three-point victory for Pitt. That's what I'm just most impressed with. This isn't a team that can only win one way. This is a team that can adapt to what it sees from its opponent and say, okay, we need a shooter, we got a shooter this game. We need a big guy to dominate down low, we got that. You know, we, we need second chances on the glass, we need steals, we need efficiency, we need pace, we need isolation. We got that. We got, we got everything you need. And so far, it has been incredibly impressive to cover. 
It, it has been. And, and as someone, I you know, I, I covered Pitt basketball the last two years, and I saw flashes and I saw like opportunities. You know, in twenty twenty, the, the twenty 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 one season, when it was that was you know shortened by COVID, um, they went eight and two and they beat Duke at Pitt. And Justin Champagne went off and he said Pitt is back, and then they just collapsed after that point, right? So that's why the joke is if you see anyone say is Pitt back, that's because everyone knows whenever you say that you're putting the curse on the team, but. What I think is also very remarkable is, you know, Blake Henson, he didn't talk to us, no, but I did see him talk to uh, TV and radio, and he, he was like, you know, yeah, we're, this is what we're supposed to do. We got to stay focused. We, you know, we can't, we can't be caught up in, in the moment. And Jeff Capel, when you know, we tried to ask him and try to get like, hey, like, you know, have you guys done something here? Have you, have you gotten, to, gotten to the point where you want to be? And he's like, I'm not worried about that. I'm living in the moment. Um, we, you know, we, we won this game. We got to focus on the next game. And it seems like his players are embodying that idea, that 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 that, that concept, and and applying it. And I think that that goes a long way to resetting the culture that he needed to reset for Pitt basketball. Because you got a lot of guys, veterans this year, or guys that are going to be done. Nelly Cummings, this is his last year. Greg Elliott, this is his last year. Jamarius Burton, this is his last year. But Nike Sabande last year as well. Thank thank you. I was I was like I was like I'm missing one. But you got four dudes that are crucial to this team right now. But if everything goes right for you this, this this year, Blake Henson, though there's some that think that Blake Henson might be going to the NBA. We'll see if that happens. Um, you got Blake Henson most likely. If you keep Fetty Federico, you keep the twins. You maybe get William Jeffers back, Nate Santos, maybe John Hughley if he gets healthy. Dior Johnson. And then you got the recruits you're winning, and they just got Nellie Cummings' younger brother. And I just think I'm just looking like, whoa, wait a second here. There's there's a chance for these young guys to come in and enough vets to stick around and say hey young bucks this is pit basketball not what you think it is follow coach follow us and i think that's how you get a room reset to have a good program yeah i just i just love the way this team's built chris i mean you look at it uh, teams that win in march normally have experienced backcourts this team has four guards that have played over 100 career games now granted most of those games weren't played at pit uh for any of them However, that experience is really showing here, and it, it, it shows in its ability to be unselfish. You know, Nellie Cummings didn't take a single shot in the first half, mm-hmm. and I think he only had six or eight points against Virginia, but he had eight assists and no turnovers. His, his sole focus in that game was playing defense and getting the ball to other people who were open to score, mm-hmm. and that's what they needed him to be. But in other games, they needed him to be a scorer against Syracuse when he had 22 points is a perfect example. And you have so many guys who can fill multiple roles. This team just gels so well. There's been other talented groups that Capel's had. As you pointed out, the 2020-21 group had a lot of talent, but that team couldn't win as many ways as this team could. And it also didn't gel. It didn't have the chemistry. They didn't understand how to play together. And, you know, they, they complemented each other okay, but this team is built super well to win now and I think also is built to to build that culture like you said with with the leadership that it has in the in the we before me to quote Pat Narduzzi or we not me to quote Pat Narduzzi mentality that this group has I think it's a great change of pace compared to what we've seen culture wise previously from from significant talents in the pit basketball program where their their primary focus is writing the ship not writing their own consumed with winning as Jeff K. Right. That's right. the thing he always says about his players. Yeah. And that's, that's the, that's the group's focus. It's 
you, you hear a lot when you speak to athletes and you, you, you compare the time, the amount of times they use the word I and compared to the words we, or, you know, us, and you, you hear a lot of we and us when you're, when you're talking to these players and when you're talking to the coaching staff, it, it just seems like a very collective unit. And it's kind of surprising considering that this is pretty much a brand new roster. It is. And I mean, a brand new roster that, that seems to like each other, that seems to play well together, yeah. you know, and and again, for guys to step up, like you said, Nelly Cummings, he finds a way, but that's rubbing off on other people. Fede Federico, you know, this is his first year starting on a D1 program, getting a real shot in the first half against Virginia, zero points, not getting many looks. And the, and, and they were, the, the Virginia was kind of packing down. Then Pitt found a way to draw out his man to get him away from the basket. He set high screens, was able to work down low. And then he finished with eight points in the second half. A lot of them coming from assists from Cummings, from Burton, from Sabati, feed, feed him the ball. The, the, these guys seem to understand that and they play unselfishly. Like you said, this is what Jeff Capel's been trying to do for so long. And I think he had talented guys, like you said, but talent don't always gel. There's always things, there, there's, there's sometimes things that just don't work out. You need guys that buy into a system, and it certainly seems like they're doing that. We'll keep you covered here on Pitt Basketball. They got Clemson, 4 p.m., got moved to ESPN2. So that shows you the nation is starting to pay more attention to, to Pitt Basketball. But we'll both be there for a 4 p.m. tip-off. Will you be there if you're a Pitt fan? The, P, the Peterson Event Center will, is, is still selling tickets, still selling tickets. It'll be interesting to see the kind of crowd that we get there, Noah. It was a really good crowd against North Carolina. Not as packed against Virginia, but a Tuesday night, 9, 9 p.m. tip. I understand that while there's break, while, while, while people are on, while students are on break. But students should be back by Saturday. And I'm very intrigued to see how packed the Pete gets for a big game that this Pitt team is on a, on a run right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember growing up, Pitt basketball games, it didn't matter. I was happy to get, yeah, I was happy to get tickets in the upper deck to see him play like South Florida yeah. or, or Rutgers or St. John's or teams like that. You know, you couldn't imagine, unless you knew someone with season tickets, being in the building to see him play a UConn or a Georgetown or a Syracuse. And now that they're getting these ranked matchups, they have these exciting battles on their schedule. I, I really do hope to see fans take advantage of it because it, it hasn't been like this in a while. And the program has done what it's could to build it back up. And you never know how long this stuff lasts. So if you're a Pitt basketball fan, I would highly encourage you to, to make the most of this because as we've seen before, you know, this could go away at any time. Absolutely. And hey, if you're there, stop by the press box and say hi. We are friendly people. We're unless sitting- unless it's after the game, because like I'm trying to get my story. Okay, okay. Yeah. After the game, we are, yeah. we, are, we, are working. we are working. But during the game, we'll be very friendly or even before. before. We'll, we'll yes. be there pack, pack, packing it up. We'll see you at the Pete. Thanks again for checking out the North Shore Drive podcast. Noah, thank you for joining me on the North Shore Drive podcast. You can find this show Monday, Wednesday, Friday on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and especially on YouTube. If, you, if you're watching this video on YouTube, like this video, subscribe to this channel to get all of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette content content that comes out daily here. Noah, you and Andrew got a show coming up. Tell them what's coming up with that. We're just reviewing uh, bowl season, really. I mean, there's a couple of bowls left. We both uh, talked about the, the Sun and Rose Bowl victories that Pitt and Penn State had, our experiences covering those games. We just we broke down the complete season that both teams had, and we just talked about the college football playoff. Been a really, really fun college football season altogether, not just locally, but nationwide. Just so many great stories, a lot of parody. And I think uh, it's, it's been a very fun bowl season that we had the chance to recap on that one. So keep an eye out on that one. That'll be out on Thursday. 
Absolutely do check it out right here on the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette's podcast channels. Thanks again for checking us out. I'll be back Friday with Brian Batko breaking down not just Steelers-Browns, but how the if the Jets can beat the Dolphins and if the Bills can beat the Patriots. And if all those things come true, the Steelers could be in the playoffs. All that and more right here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Thanks for checking us out. Back on Friday. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the description. Llegaron los Pro Paint Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specright para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios.